Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions, millions of dollars, millions of people, millions of fun coins in your bank account. Today, I'm joined by an adrenaline junkie who loves skiing, but she also loves helping you build your business. She was a forest person, rode around in helicopters, did all the cool stuff, fighting forest fires, became a health coach, got bored with that and decided to help people make lots of money in their business. Kendra, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So you were telling me that you got some fresh powder lines this morning. What was that like? Uh-oh. Um, very exciting. Uh, we had, it was, it was amazing. At the beginning of the season, we had crazy snow and then we've been in a drought for like six weeks. It's been really sad. So this morning was a treat and I'm forever grateful. <laughs> forever were you up like so when it used to snow in Vail, we would get up at like 5 a.m get coffee like i was i was first chair or die like if i wasn't on the first chair i was sad is that you or not so much yeah i call it the schedule and um we are in line an hour before at least the hill opens we're always in the first like five six chairs or you know one to six chairs and yeah i feel like if you're not there for first chair there's no point so fuck it that's that is true because it, there really isn't on a powder day. If you're not up the mountain fast enough, if you guys aren't skiers, we're going to let you in on the inside track. If you're not up the hill, like at the beginning of the day, it gets so tracked out and so busy at the bottom that you'd be better just coming out at like two in the afternoon and getting like, but then you don't get any powder runs. So there's no point. Exactly. And we have such a parking issue, like, cause we have a small, pretty local hill. So like parking is a gong show. And like, if you don't get up there, you're like, you know, parks way down the road, if you can even get parking. So I just like to avoid that and just get up there, get right up at the front and not deal with that. <laughs> awesome. So now that we have talked about skiing and giving you guys the inside scoop, which I'm a little bit jealous because I haven't gotten any runs in this year because I've been too busy running around the country doing other stuff. Talk to us about how you built a lifestyle where one, you can ski and two, you can help people make money, which I know lights you up because you got a big smile on your face. So where did all of this start for you? Like forest fires, flying around in helicopters to becoming a health coach. Let's, let's start with that. Maybe where did this start? Yeah. So, um, I went to university for, I don't even know what environmental something or other, but I ended up in forestry because I just, I like to be outdoors. I've never had a real job. Um, forestry is very seasonal. You work in kind of summer, spring, fall, you always have winters off. And I've been a skier my whole life. So I never really been interested in doing a career that I hated. Like I always wanted to do something I love. So that's kind of how I ended up in that, um, career. And also you, you travel around a lot, you live in different places, you get a lot of time off, you know, sometimes you make good money, sometimes you don't, it's kind of all over the place, but I was doing that. And then, um, when I moved to the town that I'm in now, it's a super small, like ski town. The first winter that I was here, I got approached by a guy and he was like, Hey, you're a really good skier. Do you want to be in photos and movies? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I kind of thought like, you know, I was going to have this very glamorous life of like being this professional skier and like traveling around the world, getting paid to ski. Um, but at the end of that winter, I actually tore my ACL after jumping off a cliff and uh, which is a ligament in your knee for anyone who doesn't know. And it's kind of a, it's a pretty bad injury for a skier. And I kind of found myself in this situation where I, I like lost my identity because I've skied my whole life. I used to compete in high school. Like I was very much like my identity was tied up into skiing, but I also couldn't work. 
right? It's a very physical job. You need to have like an ACL for essentially you're hiking around the forest. People think forestry sounds really glamorous, but you're bushwhacking. You're like falling on your face in thorns. Like it's not that glamorous. Okay. And firefighting sounds really glamorous, but mostly you're sitting around eating bread. You know, it's not as <laughs> glamorous as you think it is. I, I swear. But, you know, I was kind of in this situation where I just um, didn't really know what to do. Like I couldn't work. I ended up on medical EI, couldn't ski, lived in a ski town. It was like very depressing, very hard. Um, you know, the recovery is very difficult for an injury like that. And I just didn't know what to do. And I was bored. So I started blogging and I was really interested in health at the time. I'd been having some of my own health issues. So I, I started this health blog and I wrote an article every day for like a year and a half. Cause I, that's all I did every day. I just like wrote an article, research, wrote an article and kind of thought, well, I can make money as a blogger. Well, that was, that didn't work out. I think I made like five bucks from AdSense, you know? I don't know. I just, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> okay. So I sub note, that was one of my like 2012. I was like blogging. These people are making all this money. Same thing. Like I finally got like that ad sense, like ching. And I looked yeah. and it was like 19 cents. And I was like, this totally. is dumb. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. This was also, this was also 2012. So we were on the same path trying to figure, you know, and some people did it, but it just, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. And so I was just like, okay, this isn't working. And then I was actually listening to a podcast one day and there was a guy talking about his um, nutrition certification program. And I was like, oh my God, like I could do that. I could become a health coach and I could work online and live thousand people wasn't a lot of career opportunity. I didn't want to move to a city. I'm not a city girl. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I signed up for this program and did that. And then graduated and just kind of started a business, no business training. I had no idea what I was doing and just kind of like hack jobbed it together um, over a few years. And at about the two and a half year mark, um, I ended up finally hiring a mentor. Like mentorship is so important because once I did that, I hit six figures super quickly. I just needed a bit of guidance, right? And a bit of like a strategy and kind of flow because I was literally just consuming every single free thing I could find and then trying every strategy at once, which as I'm sure you're aware. Who's doesn't... been there? <laughs> if you're listening to this, maybe you've been there. And I'm, I always tell people like clarity, right? Like one mm. thing at a time. That's all you need to do. But I had to learn it myself too. I think, I think everybody does. Cause we all get started. Right. And we're like, for the, I was having this discussion earlier. What's the first thing you thought you're like, Oh, I can do that. I can blog and I'll be a millionaire in like six months. That's going to work. And then you're like, Oh, that didn't work. So I'll start an online business because that's going to be easy. I'll build a website. I'll make a course. Everybody will buy it. That'll yeah. be easy. And then. <laughs> It, it's like exactly though you get all the free stuff you're like i need a funnel i need a podcast i need facebook ads i need i need i need and you get nothing done the yeah i mean my to your point i blew through about forty five thousand dollars in savings and then wow. i hired a mentor well first i found his cassette tape program in the mm -hmm. library i used his cassette tapes oh, to I build see. my first event well my first event that was profitable i failed at two events before that held an event, made 9K, immediately paid him $29,000, like all the money that I had in the world. Wow. But then that year I hit, that year I cleared over 200. Like, yeah, because it's, it, and what he literally did was stop doing this, stop doing this, only focus on this and this, like do this yeah. first and then sell people this and scale. 
And then he believed in me. He was a cheerleader um, mm-hmm. in the weirdest way possible. His name's Dan Kennedy. So he's a super grumpy old man. So he wasn't much of a cheerleader. <laughs> He'd be like, you did it. Now get back to work. And that was like praise. Anyway, so you you started growing. You hit six figures. Mm-hmm. You're a health coach. You're starting to do well. What happened? How did, how did we end up where we are? Yeah. So I, you know, I, because the nutrition certification program that I took um, is called, it's a functional lab program. So I I'm very like data driven. I love numbers. I love stats. I love information. And what I was struggling with, with my health um, was very much beyond just diet and exercise. Right. Like I, at this point where I was really struggling with chronic fatigue and like insomnia, like I was eating perfectly, like whole foods, organic, like paleo, like just so immaculate with my diet and lifestyle. And I felt like shit. So that's why that program really resonated for me. Um, because I was like, I need lab testing. I need to figure out what was going on. And, um, that was very valuable for me, but because I ran the labs, I attracted a lot of people who are just very chronically sick. And I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to support them. And that was amazing. But at one point I sort of realized I was taking on a lot of people's symptoms. Uh, like people would tell me that they had, this like rash. And then like, I would get a rash and like, it was super weird. I think I've learned I'm a bit of like an energy sponge and I didn't have at the time, like energy protection tools. So I was taking on a lot of these things and simultaneously trying to fix my own health. Like, and I was, I was chronically sick for seven years. So it was just a lot, you know, it was like really like obsessing over my own health and figuring, trying to figure out like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I heal? And then also helping other people in their journeys And so I think I just got burnt out and I got to the point where I was just like, you know, like, I think I need to switch. And because I had been so successful in my business, I had a lot of just like friends and colleagues kind of reaching out. And so I'd been consulting a little bit on the side for uh, business coaching. And I just kind of had this realization and I was actually seeing another, um, it was like an influencer that I know who made that transition. She went from kind of health coaching to business coaching. And I was jealous. And I was like angry at her. And I was like, why am I feeling all these things in my body right now? Like, I'm like, I'm so jealous and angry. And it sort of helped me realize that I'm like, oh, I'm jealous because I want to be doing that. And there's no reason why I can't. So that was 2019. So I made the transition and I I specifically help coaches kind of in the health and wellness space because I really, truly do understand that industry. But yeah, that was the, it was just kind of like a combination of like burnout and just needing to kind of just like, and I literally like I don't want to think about this anymore I want someone to tell me what to do with my health and I want to tell other people what to to do with their health nice so the I mean I think everybody it's it's so interesting we all have moments of transition where it's like Mm -hmm. we've done something and we've done it to the point that we're ready to move on but there's usually that next step it's first off like jealousy anger any of that stuff you used it as a cue So Mm -hmm. thank you for having self-awareness because so many people are like, I'm angry or I'm jealous or I hate that person or whatever. Right. And really it's just like, what does that mean about what's going on inside of you? And you saw that that allowed you to make the transition. So what let's talk a little bit about business building specifically in the health space. Mm -hmm. Where do you see a lot of health people struggle? Because what, what I've seen in general business, right. I help a lot of kind of coaches, healers, Mm. businessy type people. Um, there are a couple different verticals, but they seem to get like, they can usually make about 30 to $40,000 and then they hit a wall 
Where do you see people getting stuck and what do you see as the block? Yeah. So I think, um, one of the biggest blocks, and I, I mean, I drive people crazy with this because I'm a broken record, but it's like the niche and the message, right? And health coaches, especially in like health professionals get really tripped up because they've been taught this holistic health model. Everything is connected. And essentially what you do as a health coach can help anyone with any problem, but you're trying to talk to people who've been socially conditioned under the medical paradigm where everything is separate and they're focused on symptoms, right? So when health coaches get out there, they want to, 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 I mean, it doesn't speak to people because people are like, I got acne, I got diarrhea, I got joint pain, I got a rash, right? And so they're really looking for these specific solutions to specific problems. And so that message just doesn't connect. And so they're essentially like shouting something at people that these people like don't even hear, right? So, okay, so they're not, they're not niching to the symptom. Is that what, did I get that correct? Yeah, like niching to like a symptom, a condition, a diagnosis, what people are ultimately aware that they have, because, you know, if I have acne and you're saying like, I can help you optimize and balance your health. I'm just like, what? I go to the coach who's like, hey, I help women in their thirties with adult acne. I'm like, that's my girl or that's my guy. Right. So how do you, do you recommend that people, once they come in though, do they help them with other things? Because how's there a value ladder? built Mm -hmm. around that, like flesh that out a little bit more for me. Cause if I'm trying to make six figures Mm -hmm. around, let's say adult acne, are you selling a course? Are you selling a treatment? Are you selling something more once they come in? Are you selling more diet? How do you, how do you help them scale if they niche down to a specific symptom? Okay. So once they figure out like the problem, but also like the person that they help, right? Like I always think a niche has to have person problem outcome and your person Mm -hmm. and your problem are really important, right? Like it's going to be, your program is going to look different if it's for like single moms versus like, um, single dudes in their twenties. Right. Um, so that's going to be different now what they end up selling. I really think it comes down to the question is, do you need to make money fast? And I think that's a really good question to ask because most health coaches, not all of them, but no, most like new coaches, either they're trying to quit their corporate job or they've just decided to go all in on this business and they're like, crap, I need to pay my bills. So usually money is an issue. When that's the case, I always recommend that coaches start with high ticket one-on-one because you don't need much infrastructure. Um, it's easier to sell. You don't need to get that many clients. You don't need a big audience to sell to. You could literally make a sale tomorrow because you're just essentially selling like consulting information, coaching, right. Versus like a course, a membership, a group program, uh, you need infrastructure, you need an audience and you need time to optimize and like improve it over time. So I think that whole process can be six months, 12 months, even more, depending on what's going on. And so I always in my program where I work with um, coaches, I always recommend like, let's start with high ticket one-on-one, get the foundational pieces in place, but then you can repurpose that high ticket one-on-one into something like a group program. And from there you can repurpose into a course. Um, I think that um, really understanding your niche and who they are and getting that engagement that you get in a one-on-one program or even a group program, ultimately that's what gives you the information you need to know to be able to do well with selling a course and actually get people to complete your course because most people don't complete courses. And I think that's a problem. Right. I, I would agree. I think, I think 
it's not that you shouldn't have a course, but the course should be a supplement to whatever else you are doing, because in order to get the outcome, you're going to have to do a little bit more than just the course. Um, the, it's interesting. I've started giving away almost all my courses for free. Um, not that I have a bunch, Mm -hmm. but I just, I I don't work on selling them. I just sell high ticket because that works. And that I know I'm going to get the outcome. It also attracts the people who are willing to actually put in the work. I love that you start there. One of my big ahas in 2013, 14 was don't mess around with selling low ticket stuff. Yes. People talk about it. You can run ads, yada, yada, yada. It's a whole bunch of work. And if you don't know exactly, like we all think when we get in the business that we know what somebody wants, you don't know. You don't know because you haven't served enough people. Once you've served about, I I say it's somewhere around the 10 to 15 person mark, like really served them and gotten them the result. You have a much different paradigm in how to talk about their pain points, how to talk about what they do. It's a much different, much different place. And your marketing is going to be way better. Your blog posts are going to be better. Your anything that you put out on social is going to be better. And now you have testimonials and case studies, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's really important because I don't think people realize like the transition from one to one to one to many, it's, it's a tough one. I've done it. Uh, So when you try to start at one to many, um, I think it's even harder. And I don't think people realize like the volume of people in traffic that you need to sell something that's lower ticket. Like people don't realize that like a good conversion is like 5% on a sales page. Right. Uh, Like that that's awesome. If you have a 5% conversion rate, like you're doing great, but like, that's not a lot. If you only have like 300 people on an email list. Right. So I just think like people don't realize like the volume of people that you need to, you know, you're going to either need to have like crazy organic traffic because, you know, you have like influencer style credibility where you need to spend a, like a shitload on ads and ads are not cheap, especially these days. And ads are not easy, especially in 2022. Right. Well, the, okay. So I'm just going to break this down. This is something that, um, the, one of my mentors had me do every day for a year. He had me practice math and conversion because he's like, I want you to understand. Cause I, I taught webinars speaking on stage. That's what I did. I built live events, but he was like, let's, let's like break down. He called it millionaire math, but it was, so let's just do what you said. You have a 300 person email list. Let's say you have a 20% open rate. So that means you have 60 people opening your emails. If you have a 5% conversion, first off, 5% conversion is like your God, like you're running at like super good level for even warm traffic. Most Mm -hmm. conversions are around like half a percent, maybe 8%, 2% is considered like good. You're dialed in. I worked at ClickFunnels for years and I can tell you 2% is you're considered like you're doing really well. So, mm-hmm. but let's just, let's say you get 2%. If you get 2% of 60 people to buy, what is that? 2% <laughs> of 60. So 60, 10% would be six. So one it's fifth like one of person? six. Yeah. yeah. One yeah, person, one, you made a $27 a <laughs> sale and you're like, but I can email them again the next day. If you, you have to switch up your offers like you're going to burn through that list and to make $27. The question I always ask people, because I, I tell people they should sell high ticket. I'm like, mm-hmm. not high ticket outside of what they can deliver, but one-on-one high ticket coaching yeah. for 
$1,000 a month. What do you need to replace in your income? How many $27 things do you need to sell to do that? And then I walk them through like their email list. That usually right there shows people like I should be selling something that's more expensive. And then people are like, but I'll run Facebook ads. I'm like, how's that working? 2022, like, do you even have an ad account anymore? But the- Oh my gosh. Yeah, we could, I'm sure we could have a lot of conversations. What I want to know from you, a couple questions. When you start working with a health coach, usually what is the first thing that you have to tell them to stop doing? Trading time for money. Oh, there you go. Good answer. <laughs> How do you get them around the mindset? Like, when we think about like health practitioners and um, working, oh, I think we have a bit of an overlap. Okay. You're good. Okay. Um, what coaches see, because they typically have pursued alternative health for themselves, is they see massage therapists, acupuncturists, naturopaths, who charge like a hundred bucks an hour. Right. And so they go for that business model. A lot of times, at least in the nutrition, one of the schools that I did, that's what they told me to do was to charge hourly. Um, But I feel like what they don't always take in mind is when you are a licensed health practitioner, people's benefits will pay for the cost of that service. Right. Like I have extended health benefits. I can, and I'm in Canada, it might be different in the States, but I can go see a natural path and get that paid for with my benefits. Right. So it's very easy. And I've seen that here because in the town I live in, there's a lot of, there's like an acupuncture school, massage therapy. I have a lot of massage acupuncturist friends. And it seems like about a year they get fully booked because people will just seek them out because their benefits cover the cost of their service. But a lot of coaches, they don't have that license. And so you can't necessarily rely on that. And it's really hard when you do the math because you're like, okay, $100 an hour, I want to make 10K a month. That's 100 appointments a month. You're like, oh, okay, that's that's not bad. It's like 25 hours like a week. But then it's like, you got to market. You got to do all these things. Like you really think you can find 100 clients a month and you really think that you're going to get a lot of return customers in that group of people because there's no commitment. There's no upfront commitment, right? They just are like, sweet, I'll go like, tell me what to do with my diet. And then you see them again, like eight months later, and they're like, oh, I fell off the wagon. And you're like starting over again. And I mean, that's not very fulfilling for one. Um, I think it's a good way to burn out. And I've seen that in my people, my friends who are licensed, like they can burn out quite easily. And I actually do have licensed people in my program because they're just like, I can't do this business model anymore. Right. That just doesn't make sense. I tried to do the hourly thing. I think I was charging like 75 bucks an hour. And it's just, you're like on a hamster wheel of client acquisition. And it's just like, you, it's, and you don't get people results. So I think that's a problem. It's like, you're broke and your people aren't getting results and you got into this to help people and you're not helping anyone. Yeah. You feel zero fulfillment because you're, Mm -hmm. you're like, nobody's getting results and nobody, like the reason they're not coming back. If you're on a healthcare system, you're going to go back because you're not paying for it. So Mm -hmm. you'll keep going back. If you go to physical therapy, you'll keep going back when you, when you damage your ACL, right. You went back to physical therapy because you wanted to get yeah. better, but also you weren't paying for it. If it had cost, like there was a guy I know in Vail that same thing hit a, like doing a tree run, hit a tree, like hit a branch ACL gone. He stopped going because his insurance stopped paying. And he was like, I can figure it out on my own. And he still to this day is not healed correctly. That was 10 years mm, ago. probably. Wow. But he stopped going because he was like, I don't have, I, I, I want to say it was like $1,500 to visit. It was something ridiculous. Mm. Um, but he just stopped going because he couldn't afford it. 
Whereas if it would have been paid for, he would have kept going. And that's the the paradigm that you called out so clearly is there people are used to the, well, I get one hour should cost, you know, 100, 150 bucks. I'll, I'll bill that way. And I, I actually, I've helped some traditional therapists. Uh, one's a relationship therapist mm-hmm. pivot to having a package. It's a three month package. We're going to see you 12 times. You also get a VIP day, like, but that works a whole lot better both from acquisition and income wise, but also it gets at the end of the day, it gets your clients better outcomes. Okay. So one thing you would change is stop the time trade dollars for hours. What is one thing that you have them implement? Like what is one thing that like is a big aha for them that you have them start doing? Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of grow your impact income and influence the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee. That's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Hmm. I would say um, in regards to that, it's like the signature program, right? Um, And it's selling an experience versus like time, right? Because you will get more return customers and be able to sell a higher quality package when or product when it's an experience. You know, it's like, it's not just a package of sessions. It's not like, oh, you just get these sessions, whatever. It's like you come in and you are getting education, you're getting support, you're getting accountability, you're getting resources, and I'm getting action steps to help you actually integrate and implement all of this stuff, right? And so what people get is obviously moving more towards the result that they want, which is like the less acne or the less diarrhea or whatever. So I keep saying diarrhea, I can't help myself. Um, but um, they get that, but they also like have this the first time in their entire life, they're like, wow, this person supports me. They've got my back. They're holding me accountable. So it's not only the result, but it's also just like this deep level of service that um, they probably haven't otherwise experienced. That's, I mean, that is also true. If you go to a normal doctor or you go to a normal therapist, you see them for your 50 minutes, whatever your time is, then you're out the door and they don't even remember you have the time when you, so where were we? What were we doing last time? Yeah. Um, so I think that that is really, really important. Last question I have for you. This one's always a fun one. What is a piece of advice that you see dispensed all the time in your industry that you just think is complete BS that you just want to like call bullshit on? What do you, what is it? I know you got one. I can tell by your smile. <laughs> Build a website. <laughs> oh, that's a I good one. I fucking hate websites. They're terrible, especially for new business owners who have no tech skills. Like health coaches are 
tech illiterate. They come in, they barely know how to turn on a computer. Like they're not the most technical people. They don't have usually that background. And then they're trying to like build this website with no knowledge of like who they're trying to serve of who they are as a brand. They have no copywriting skills. They have no design skills. And they put together this super shitty website for way too much money that does nothing for them. Um, I don't recommend that anyone get a website early on in their business. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's bullshit. I don't think you need it. Um, I think eventually there's a time and a place. It's a tool that can be utilized at some point, but in the first couple of years of your business, like you really just need to be working on sales and marketing. You need a few like key landing pages, like invest in landing page software, fuck the website. That's a good, I love that. <laughs> the, um, I'll give you my personal story on that. So I started, so I started anyone who's listened to this before kind of knows I started off. I wanted to hold live events. First two live events failed. Third live event was successful. I thought I needed a website. I had spent all this time and energy and money building one. And I realized like six months later, I looked at the views and like no views. Right. Um, So I took it down. And most what I realized was most of my sales were coming from in-person meetings, either meetings at networking events or meetings from a live event. Um, sometimes through at the time of Facebook group, this was 2014. I'm not on Facebook at all anymore. Um, the, and what I started telling people was all you need is a good scheduler, acuity or Calendly. You don't need to spend a lot of month. I mean, you could probably do it for free if you really wanted to. I still, to this day, spend 15 bucks a month on acuity. It's all I need. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need anything super fancy. So you have your meeting software and a landing page software. So ClickFunnels, if you like ClickFunnels, ClickFunnels is great. Go High Level is good. You can use lead pages. You can use Shopify. You can use anything that basically allows you mm-hmm. to put up one page that books people to a scheduler, right? Get a free opt-in for a lead magnet, a video as a thank you that maybe promos your high ticket so you can build your email list and a scheduling link. It's not that hard. The, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the whole business yeah. in a box. Um, yeah. So I love. I don't think pe- I don't think people realize that like to get track just because you have a website doesn't mean people are going to find it. And you need someone like doing SEO for you. You know, like I have a website. I have a guy who does SEO every week for the past bunch of years, and like we get good tra- uh, organic traction through our blog and podcast stuff, and that's great. Um, So there's a place for it. It can be used as a tool, but it's not necessary. You don't need it. And I mean, it's just the amount of time I watch people stress over their website and change it. And, And I did this. So like I changed my website like every week, the amount of time I spent on it and like no one really ever saw it. And it just, it just really doesn't matter. Well, okay. So if you're listening to this and you're like, but it would make me professional. I want to like, I'm going to double down on this with you. Like (laughs) people that go to your website are not going to buy from you right now. If they, let's say you have it linked in your Facebook profile somewhere and they're like, oh, let's learn more. They're going to click on it. They're going to read a little bit. If you have a free opt-in, they might do it. But what you have done is you've put a step between opting in and like them doing it and their first click. It would be better mm-hmm. if in your Facebook profile, you just had a outcome-based URL. So like mine for webinars is death to bad webinars, or we have the story selling webinar and we have maximum mm-hmm. conversion live events. Story-based or a URL that has an outcome to it, right? 
They'll click on it. It takes them directly to a landing page where they can join your email list. That is going to convert 10 times better than a website until you have income. What I tell people is when you reach the 10K a month, Mark, that's when you build a website because you can pay somebody to do it and you can pay for what you hit on is SEO. If you're not willing and if you're an overachiever or if you're a shiny object person, you're gonna be like, I can do this. If you're not willing to write at least three pieces of content a week, a website is also going to be a waste because you're never going to get eyes on it organically. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. 100%. It, that's a fun rabbit hole. I have another question for you. I know that was supposed to be the last question, but oh, all good. <laughs> I, would, I would love to hear your thoughts on email. What do you think? On email, email marketing? Yeah, because you're what we just touched on. If you have mm-hmm. a lead magnet that is converting and you start to build a list, do you see people in the health space use email enough? Maybe that's a better question. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. targeted. Yeah. So, I mean, I think email is critical. All my sales for the most part are coming from email. It's very, it happens sometimes. It's very rare that someone buys like directly through my Instagram or podcasts and get them on my email, um, nurture them first. I think email marketing is one of the best investments that you can make because it has a huge ROI. It's crazy. You just need to be utilizing it properly, but definitely like the people who come to me, like they don't have an email list. Right. And I meet a lot of people who don't want it. It's a bit technical, right? There's some like technical stuff. You got to like learn how to use the software and like hook it up and do all the things. So, you know, it's a bit of a process. So I think that scares people, but I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like trying to sell their group program off of Instagram. They don't have an email list. And I'm like, you, that's not ever going to work, you know? And they're like, do I really need an email list? I'm like, no, you need an email list because you don't own Instagram. I think we all remember when was it last year when Facebook and Instagram went down for five hours and everyone lost their shit and went to Twitter? <laughs> that was uh, that was one of the funniest things in the world. I still call that out because it's it, to me, it's hilarious. I'm like, you're one of my mentors. Well, Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I went around the country selling ClickFunnels from stage for ClickFunnels. I was contracted. Mm. Um, and I got a little bit of one-on-one training from Russell, but one of the very first things that he has taught in all three of his books, and he told me live when we were talking is you don't like, you want to own your list. And if it's on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, even YouTube at the end of the day, if you get the Google slap, they can shut down your views. All those subscribers that you work so hard for, if you look at this, they actually did in the last three years. Three years ago, if you had somebody who had subbed to your channel, they saw every time you released a video. Three years ago, they changed it. So even if you're subscribed, all that means is you show up in their feed. You show up amongst the millions of other videos. You have to actually press a button that says you want to ding every time your video goes live. You also can't make near, it's hard to make a direct offer on YouTube. You can do it, but it's email 100%. If you're listening to this and you're like, do I really need an email list? A year and a half ago, I looked at revenue. We had spent $35,000 on Facebook ads. We had, I spoke on stages and I had my email list. 90% of my sales came through my email list. A hundred percent of my high ticket sales came from email to book a call to sale. 
some like it, when you're thinking about this and you're like, but some of them had to have come from Facebook, not a single one of them. Cause I could trace them back to where they came from. The people mm-hmm. that bought high ticket from me saw me speak somewhere. So uh, we, I mean, I teach yeah. public speaking. So right. I was like, well, we're cutting out all Facebook ads. And how many of you listening to this, like hate social media? You're like, if I have to make another engagement post, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm just done with it. Like, I'm not, I didn't like being there to be, I like sharing personal stuff. I will still share a personal slide once in a while. I'll be like, Hey, I was out skiing or, Hey, I was out surfing or I do zero business on Facebook anymore. Mm. One, it feels great. And two, my sales have like, I, well, we more than doubled this year. Um, even though I was at a really strong point before we doubled through speaking surprise. That's what I teach anyway. Email, two thumbs up. It does not, setting it up, I know you said it could be kind of hard, but you can use ConvertKit, MailChimp, or what's the other one that's really easy? Constant Contact. Any one of those has a video walkthrough that will show you how to hook up your URL. And then the key, this is my key. I don't know what you teach people. We could probably geek out about it. I just tell people, tell a short story from your life it doesn't have to be about health or wellness because it's more about just getting engagement being in front of them than in the yeah, PS. Yeah. Hey, if you want better health, if you want to stop having diarrhea, if you want to <laughs> get rid of your adult acne, click here. I can help you because people will buy from people they know, like, and trust. And that doesn't mm-hmm. come through dumping information on them. Cause whenever I recommend email, people are like, I don't know what to write about. Tell a story. Tell me what you had for breakfast. Did like the same shit that you would put on Facebook, just turn it into an email. That's it. Yeah. Repurpose it. I love the story. Like be aware of the lessons that you encounter in your life, because there's a lesson. It's probably somehow relevant to your audience. I think that's great. But yeah, I love that you do so with public speaking because there really is something about that energetic. It's just like without the screen, there's no filter and people just get the essence of your energy. And it's so much easier to sell. I often tell my students to start, um, to do workshops, like live workshops, like reach out to CrossFit gyms, libraries, health food stores, whatever. And that's how I got all my first clients. I just like started hosting workshops twice a month. I would, anyone who would take me, I would do it. I got clients every time. And I knew I didn't want to do that forever. Like I'm, I'm definitely like, I like to hide behind my screen. Um, I get super nervous with public speaking. I'm good at it, but I hate it. But I just knew I could get clients that way. And then I did that for a year. And then I was good, you know, and then I had sort of figured out generally like the online world, but it's just, yeah, there's just a totally different energy. So much easier to sell. You don't even actually have to be a good public speaker. I feel like, because it's oh, just if people like your energy they're in. Okay. So we're, we are going to talk about this a little bit. So one, <laughs> you do not have to be a good public speaker to be a good public speaker. As silly as this sounds, the more ums, the more you stumble around, the more people will know, like, and trust you. That being said, you do have to put together a presentation that gets them like you can't just teach like the the mistake I made and the mistake that I see people make is they're like, I'm going to give all the information and people will buy from me. Yeah, that's not true. You have to tell tell one good story. You've heard like six good stories on this podcast, like tell the story about why you're passionate about what you do. And then this is the only second piece that you need to teach. What is the big aha that gets them from looking over here to looking over here? So for me, it's that engagement is more important than teaching. I have stories that Mm. that show that. If it's 
acne, like if we're talking about adult acne, it could be diet is the most important thing. It's not about what you put on your face. If you can get them to realize that and they trust you, they will then have a conversation with you about what they should eat. It's like the step that comes before they buy. That's it. So if it's not having diarrhea, it could be, it's not about what you eat. It's about your sleeping habits. Like it's a big change. If you look at the keto diet, it was, what was their big switch? Do you, I bet, you know, what's the big switch to the keto diet? The big switch. Yeah. Like what's the thing that's like, you're looking over here, but where you should really see is over here. Like for from, keto. Oh, from like high carb to keto. Do you mean, or like, yeah. Well, I mean like, yeah. what's the big aha that comes. Oh yeah. It's that you can fat's have all the fat. That you want. That, right. Yeah. Fats. Yeah, exactly. And that everyone's like, really? I can have bacon yeah. every day and I'll lose weight. Tell me more <laughs> about that. So if yeah, you have a 30 yeah. minute presentation that says why you're passionate about what you do, and then you have the big twist that gets people's eyes open, people will come talk to you. And then it is the easiest sell because if they like you, that's all it is. People think that people buy because of a list of reasons people buy because they like you and they trust you. That's it. We all just want a yeah. trusted guide to the outcome that we want. You know, I, it's so important because I think um, a lot of coaches, um, at least the ones I serve, they think people buy because of how smart they are. And, you know, I used to do this too. I'd be on a sales call and I'd feel like I had to prove myself and I'd be like, listen to me. I'm just like spouting off all this techno babble and I'm fucking smart and like, oh my God. And they were like always impressed with me, but they never wanted to buy, you know, and it's probably because I wasn't speaking their language and like, really, they're like, oh, that's interesting, but they didn't really care. But um, yeah, it really is about you buy from people you trust. You can have the best program in the world. The best price point, but if people don't trust you, they will never buy it. And that's just like across the board. That's a hundred, a hundred percent correct. Kendra, yeah. this has been an awesome show. I want to challenge you to go do some workshops because you have great energy. People would like to learn from you. And I mean, you live in a ski town, so you can have workshops all day and people will love them. Like it's something to do. Just offer some beer. You're like, Hey, <laughs> I got I'll some beers, some, some gluten-free beer and really turn them off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, if people want to learn more about you, you have a free masterclass. We are linking down below. Give us the, uh, the 30 to 60 second. What are they going to learn in this masterclass? Why should they so attend? They will learn my entire framework that'll help them get from zero clients to six figures. Okay. So this is what I teach inside my program, health coach accelerator, but essentially in the masterclass, I will give them the entire framework with actionable tips so that they can go and start implementing some of these things. A lot of people who take this training, it's free, but they're like, this is the most valuable freebie I've ever had. Cause I literally will give you the things that you need to know so that you can take action. Or if you want more, I'll tell you how to uh, take a step further. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing the journey and donking around with me. This was a great conversation. <laughs> I think there was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I just want to say thanks for coming on and uh, making up for you were out doing powder runs this afternoon or this morning. I would yeah. be in the jacuzzi and relaxing, but it said you were here with us. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. I wish I had a jacuzzi. And if I was, I may have canceled. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. To everybody else out there until next time, take action, change lives and make money. We'll see you soon. 
Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.